games and beyond i'm actually hosting again i think i've hosted in half a year and not only that we're actually that back long. i don't think we've recorded in half a year at this point no so. no, no it's been like three months it's been like three months let's be yeah, let's be time. real for the people it's been a week but for us it's been three months oh right 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 yeah that recording session in november yeah <laughs> but yeah i'm your host this episode joe and joined as always by adam say hi adam hi adam yeah, how's, how's, it, how's it going? It's been some time. Um, yeah, life I'd say got, so. Well, we I mean, not for, us hiatus, in, but... not for us in real life. I mean, I saw yeah. you, what, two days ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know. We haven't seen our best friends in the Netherlands in quite some time. That's true. Shoutouts to you guys across the frozen tundra there. Whoever you are. If you're using a VPN, by the way, the Netherlands people, don't tell me. Yeah. I, I like. I just want to believe that the Dutch love us. Please. Yes, we want to believe. It makes life worth living, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm just imagining like a Pepe the Frog Reasons to Live book. And it's just, <laughs> he's pointing out a map that shows the Netherlands. <laughs> but yeah, you know, last time we talked about a hiatus and we indeed took the longest hiatus we've had because, you know, life gets busy. I've been traveling a lot. You've been, you've been moving houses and internet down and stuff and a lot of holidays you know yeah so long story short i moved into a new house and uh in doing so i had to take a 14 hour car trip with a big old moving truck Mm -hmm. and then on top of that my house was without internet for about two weeks Mm -hmm. on top of that so i didn't set up my computer until i had internet so i didn't edit until then so that's why it took so long but we're here now that's the important thing ain't it joe exactly yeah, so we're finally back, and it's been some time, and, you know, we don't really have a central topic. This is kind of what happens, is we go on, we do an episode where it's just kind of a grab bag of stuff to talk about, and then we go on hiatus for three months. So here's your latest three months. Um, oh, don't don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll be back next week and a week after that until I travel again, and, you know. Yeah, it. There's no it, more it moving. won't be month-long hiatus, maybe yeah. a week here or there, like before. But anyway, so hopefully that's how things will be going forward. No promises, because we're bad at keeping promises. But anyway, we we've we've just got to talk about some stuff. I've actually seen movies that are newish, so that's pretty cool. We could we yeah. can, we can talk about some of that and so on. But first, the usual, the soapbox. There are soapboxes. Discuss. Adam, do you have any this week? Uh, I have a positive soapbox. All right. So let me just get up here for a second. And I know this is going to be a spicy take, guys. But Metroid Dread is actually a good game. What? Yeah, I know. Crazy, I, right? I can't take this, man. You, it's too controversial. <laughs> You're going to get so a So controversial. So controversial. No, Metroid Dread is actually really good. Um, I think I'm in the late game at this point. Uh, I just got the gravity suit, so that's usually like the late game marker for Metroid games. And it's fun. It's really fun. Um, I will say one thing that could probably turn a lot of people off is that it actually has a fair amount of difficulty to it. Like, it doesn't hold your hand. It's just like, hey, you're getting beat by this boss? Tough. Get Learn good. how to get good. <laughs> Uh, definitely, like, if it had come out five years ago, there would have been articles saying that it's the Dark Souls of Metroid games. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, you know, it's not it's not bad by any means. The The boss's attacks are... Uh, just, I don't think they're as telegraphed as Dark Souls, so they're not as punishing, but definitely, mm-hmm. like, some boss attacks are pretty punishing, where it's just like, oh, it's, it's like a little flimmy piece of rice coming at you, and then it deals, like, a quarter of your health. Like, what the fudge? That was a piece of rice with a neon effect on it. Why did hey, it kill r- me? rice will get you. You know, you think rice is healthy, and next thing you know, you've gained 80 pounds off of it. Yeah, alien rice, man. Stay away from it. Uh, but definitely, like, game flow and level design-wise, master class. Absolute yes. master class. The game flow is really well. Um, and if you're interested in Metroid lore for some reason, like, it takes it in a very, very satisfying direction. 
thus far. Like, it builds up on other stuff. Like, hey, you remember Metroid Fusion? Guess what? So do we. Yeah, apparently there is Metroid lore. Because, truth be told, the only Metroid game I ever played is the NES original. That is a deep cut for sure, yeah. Yeah. So, as far as Metroid lore goes, you got the original Metroid, uh, Metroid 2. And then you got the Metroid Prime trilogy right mm -hmm. there. And then you got Super Metroid, Metroid Fusion. Uh, I think Metroid Other M comes after Super Metroid, actually. Then Metroid oh, so they Fusion. didn't just decanonize that one. No, they're willing to admit their mistakes there. I mean, all right, all just, right. You can't just throw it away, but they, they're not going to talk about it actively. Like, that's when it happened. Anyway, moving on, Metroid Fusion is more important to the lore. Um, and then, yeah, definitely with the way that the game starts out, like, it's a post-Metroid Fusion Samus. I, I always appreciate when they bring in even the lesser... Because sometimes when franchises remove stuff from the canon, it's just awkward. Like, Jurassic World was like, oh, uh, the Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 don't exist. And then the second Jurassic World was like, oh, never mind, they do exist. And it's like, guys, just... Just take the bad children in your family and include everybody. Yeah. Why, why are I mean, we doing this? it's not going to hurt anything to just have them still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. That's you got to be willing to admit your mistakes, right? Like, yeah, this is a wart. So what? Or maybe Lots someone liked Other M, and now they feel just oppressed. I will say this, man. I So I never finished Other M because I was, uh, I was playing it through illegitimate means, and at one point it got to a, a game crash late in the game, and oh. I never found a patch to fix it. That's what you um, get. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh... But definitely, like, at that point, I was just like, eh. Yeah. It, it, it's not a bad game. Like, it definitely had some good flow, but it's not a Metroidvania. It's just kind of there. And definitely, it, it feels, it, it's a black sheep. In it is family. indeed a video game. Indeed. I don't yes. know what the other M is yet. Yep. I'm actually, I, I've got a kind of video game, rant-ish myself. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll just finish up by saying yeah. if, if you like Metroid games and you haven't picked up Dread, please go do so. It's quite good. And by buying Dread, you guarantee that more Metroid games will be made by Nintendo instead of Indie Studios. I love Indie Studios, but it's not Metroid. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you were confused by the Donkey review like me, apparently it was a direct parody of a specific video. Donkey actually really liked the game. So... <laughs> yeah, I did see that. I did see Donkey's Metroid Dread video, and like the top comment was uh, seeing seeing the video pop up on my timeline. Oh boy, what I wonder what Donkey thinks of this video after watching the video. Oh boy, I wonder what Donkey thinks of this game. Yep. <laughs> but you know, good game. I need to play it perhaps one day. I hope so. But yeah, no rush. It's gonna be good. It's already complete, so just get it when yeah. you get it. Speaking of hype, there's a game with the opposite kind of hype. I'm going to do a continuation of the Grand Theft Auto Definitive Trilogy. Oh, so this is part three of it. Part, part three. three I a have trilogy of takes, if you will. Yes. I have completed Grand Theft Auto 3 Definitive Edition, gotten all achievements, and done it for Vice City as well. I'm halfway through San Andreas. I still don't get it. The well, games uh, play fine. Okay. They have not crashed once. Uh-huh. There was an update that it now has DLSS support with NVIDIA. The game runs smooth as butter. Uh -huh. They fixed all the problems people had. People still bitching about it. I don't understand. And I just wanted to update that, that they are absolutely 100% playable on PC if you get everyone that will run them. And yeah, I'm just going to continue on this train about it. They're, they work. I got to okay. San Andreas too. Like, oh, this is one that's apparently really broken. Like, there's nothing wrong with this. It plays exactly like it used to. Mm -hmm. It works. I don't. A little lazy, maybe. Not really any yeah. differences, but I don't know. It's not cyberpunk. <laughs> no, anyway. definitely not cyberpunk. Which, on top of that, uh, have you seen Mac, Matt McMuscle's "What Happened on the GTA Trilogy"? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you know, like the main technical issue that happened. Yes. With it, right. Yes. For those of you who haven't seen the video, I'll, I'll cut. I'll keep it long story short. Basically, the game engine that they used to create the PS2 trilogy is no longer usable. 
right? It's old tech, it's obsolete, they cannot use it. So what they did was they basically just did a, they did like the source code game dump from one engine to another and to a modern engine. And that's why it kind of looks like a little bit off as mm -hmm. visually. It's because like, it's, it's kind of like having to learn an old version of a language and then translate into the current language. Like you either get down to the nitty gritty and you translate it or things are going to be a little wonky, but you can still kind of understand it. Right. Yeah. Know, like ye olde English versus modern English. Like that's kind of the way that tends to, that tends to work. So, um, understandably that's what happened. And there were a lot more technical issues than they could fix because open world games are massive undertakings as far as mm -hmm. development costs. So they did the best they could with the time they had. Because the other thing is it wasn't Rockstar's in-house team. It was an outsourced yes. team that did this trilogy. So, you know, ongoing support seems to be working fine on the PC version. I do not know about the console versions. I'm not going to pick it up. I've never been much of a GTA person. I'm one of those weird people who's just like, Grand Theft Auto, eh. But... Yeah, I will, I will specify. This is on the PC. Yeah. PC version. May not, the Switch version is probably bonkers. Yeah, but what do you think? Don't buy the Switch version. Don't buy the Switch version of anything unless it's in-house or an indie game. Yeah. If you're buying AAA games on the Switch, you're kind of asking for it. Yeah, you're going to ask for performance issues for sure. Yeah. So I'm staying away from GTA for sure. Um, and yeah. Okay, so I guess... It's also worth mentioning a lot of the bugs that you all complain about for this trilogy were in the original games. They were buggy pieces of crap games, and that was what the fun was. The well, police are supposed to they're supposed to spawn behind you when you're not looking. That's how the engine works. It's dumb. <laughs> it's bullshit. That's how the game plays. Yeah, it's just... Sorry. The PS2, the PS2 had enough rendering fog that you didn't notice it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it always works. But I guess way. also, you know, worth noting that they are working on improving it. Like, they took the backlash on the cheek, and, yeah. you know, they're making the games better. Like A lot of it was really be just because it wasn't finished, because they didn't have time. Yeah. And, of course, an argument can be made about, like, oh, they released the game too early, they shouldn't have done yes, that. They, but they, at the same true. time, it's like, guys, when people are working, you know, 9 to 5 plus on a project for multiple years, at some point that project has to come out in order to keep the studio afloat. And that's the way it is. It's just like, do we release this thing and complete, fix it later, and manage to keep the roof over our heads? Or do we go into debt trying to make this happen Indeed. the right way on the first impression? And they had to make a choice, and that's what happened. Speaking of working 9 to 5 plus, there is finally a release date for Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Yes, I'm excited about this. It looks awesome. Yeah, it'll come out before our next episode. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so next episode <laughs> no, will be our review of Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga in April. But no. <laughs> no, no, it's April 5th, 2022 is whenever uh, Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga is coming out. Yeah, it looks great. They got a brand spanking new engine that TT Games created, and it's the only time they're going to use this engine because from now on they're going to be working with Unreal, apparently. And, yeah, that kind of brings me to another thing. 9 to 5 Plus was, there was an article published mm -hmm. where a bunch of devs for TT Games came anonymously to talk about kind of the studio. And long story short, after Lego Marvel Superheroes, they've been on, they've been releasing multiple games a year, and they have been on nonstop crunch for the last decade, and it explains everything about what happens at the quality of those games. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame, and I hate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's kind of an unfortunate thing, especially when they're working with licenses, is yes. like the license holder agreements, those are absolute, like, you can't move that on a developer standpoint and it's like okay do we keep the studio open and release this project or do we uh and overwork our employees or do we you know be humane and you know piss off our our funder and not have work after this it's a bit of a catch-22 on on that front from the business side of thing or from the developer side of things so i get why it happened it's not good and I think it's overall toxic and should change. But I understand why it happened. 
Um, yeah, it makes you wonder of who who is actually the one who is to blame. Is it this, is it John Burton of TZ Games or is it Lego or is it WB Games? We don't know. It, it's basically WB uh, who owns the license for a lot of the stuff they did and mm-hmm. um, TT Games corporate keeping saying yes. It's it's just a shame because like I grew up playing these games and just knowing it. That's and. From the looks yeah, of things, and, probably and basically. It's gotten buggier and buggier as time has gone on, yeah, which has been a real shame for me. It's just like, why is this game so buggy? Like, I don't get it. it yeah, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2, which is one of their coolest ones that they made, mm-hmm. to this day is impossible to 100% complete on PC because of bugs. Yeah. It's the one time it happened, and that game is just so many, and it was like, man, this game is awesome. It's not done. And they never fixed it. And it yeah. never will. And They can't so, afford to go back, man. They yeah. gotta keep but now we have forward. this new one, which it looks awesome, but the question is, you know, it just it just feels like slave labor, you know? Uh, indigent server 2 is probably the more apt description there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, 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 butter, it's bittersweet, but... Yeah, and, you know, I think it's it's more or less a gaming development cultural problem across the board, right? Um, the crunch culture is a bad thing. It's I, I think it's anti-worker and it's anti-family, so I'm not a fan of it in the slightest. Because no. it's just like, what's the point of making, you know, oodles and oodles of money in overtime if you don't get to go home to the family that you're supporting with the overtime? Yeah. You know, it's... Are you working to live or are you living to work? And companies want people who live to work, who want to give their life to the company. Exactly. When really it's just the agreement here is that I do work for you the majority of my day already, about half of my day, so that way I can go home to my family for the other half. Yeah, meanwhile, you have the polar opposite where they just announced Mission Impossible 7 is delayed to 2023 because they're like, no, we're not, we're not overworking everybody for this. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's awesome. You know, that's one of the things that's really good about uh, Supergiant Games and a handful of other indie studios that at least have publicly said it, and really a lot of indie development as a whole, is they are very anti-crunch because a lot of them are, you know, former devs from these big studios who are like, we are not going to crunch you guys because we understand that you have a life outside of this studio. Mm-hmm. And we are supporting that. That is the exchange here for your labor, is we support your life outside of the studio financially. You come in and support us. And we're not going to take too much of that. And sure enough, like, Hades might have taken a while to come out, but boy, when it came out, it sure did do well now, didn't it? Insomniac Games is just awesome because of that statement they made. Like, we made Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. There was no crunch. The game came out late. Nobody cares. Enough. Yeah. To quote, and Insomniac is pretty high profile these days. Yeah, about to say, they are the PlayStation studio at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, to quote good old Shigeru Miyamoto, creator of Mario, a late game can eventually be good, a rush game may not ever be good. Yeah, it's, 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 it's true. But it seems like things are turning around. Crunch is more and more being in the, put in the public eye. And yeah. Hopefully. I, I, I do think that game developers are eventually going to unionize across the board. Yeah, good, good for It'll them. happen eventually, and, I, and I'm all for it. Just, you know, you got to keep it in order, guys. Got to keep it in order. But as far as, like, the actual gameplay look of Skywalker Saga, I'm actually pretty intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. It could be a complete disaster. Oh, but... it totally could. <clears throat> totally could. But it seems to me like it's rewarding players who like to just play as their one or two favorite characters because there's like skill trees on each character mm-hmm. um and it seems to me that uh they put aerial combos <laughs> into the game so combat's probably going to be a little bit more uh advanced than what it was before which i'm all for it um, is about time yeah and then on top of that you, it, you can also just switch into third person shooter mode and boom 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 so there's a, several different ways to play um, and I'm all for it, man. I, I like having that. And honestly, the thing that excites me the most is the spaceship stuff. Yes. That they show. Because it's like this, like, I'm watching them like this feels like Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Yes. I can't wait. 
Just with Lego bricks. <laughs> there was actually other Star Wars news that they announced Respawn Games is making a sequel to Fallen Order, which... Yeah, I saw that today. That was today and, news, right? Yeah, they're doing a first-person shooter game. Hopefully it's single-player. And an unannounced project. Well, actually, they, they yeah, they had an unannounced project, but they also said they're doing a real-time tactics one like XCOM. Oh, Star Wars. maybe that's the unannounced Ooh. project then. That should be cool. Star Wars XCOM. Let's go. Because essentially, I saw I saw three things. It was they said there there were three games: a new Fallen Order game, a new FPS, and an unannounced game. So maybe that's what. Yeah, it's FPS a real time tactics. Or uh, yeah, it's like XCOM, not real time, turn based. Okay, so turn based strategy so, game. Yeah, that should be cool. That should be really cool. I'm a fan of those. Yeah. So anyway, ah, uh, enough of video games. Sorry. Video, non-video game listeners, but we you know what? I'm not going to say sorry to video game people. <laughs> video games is is a third of the name of the podcast. Yeah, one whole you're third. Here, you're here for that too. Mm-mm. Hopefully, my girlfriend has been able to keep up with this. She tries. She's not a gamer, but she tries. <laughs> shout out to her. But yes, yes, much shout out to your girlfriend. Yes, let's get out. Let's get on with. The movies and stuff. So Adam and I recently saw each other in person. It was cool. It's been a while. We hadn't seen each other since like July. Even before that, I think. It was some time. I lost. I lose track. Whatever. It was some time. We, we saw some each time. other. That's the important yeah, thing. It was, it was cool. And we finally watched a little movie with Bob Odenkirk. You know, praise be, in Nobody. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think of Nobody, Adam? I really enjoyed it. I I liked it a lot. Like it just it felt like the right mix of just sort of comedy and action and just fun. It was a fun movie. Like especially that climax. That climax was so fun. It was very very fun. So I guess Joe, should we give a quick little spoilery plot synopsis for the people so that way they know uh, they at least have a frame of reference for this movie? I mean, we we could, but there's not really much to tell. Yeah. Feel, yeah, so my, my thoughts of Nobody, weirdly enough, I feel like kind of overrated because maybe this may not be the case for the public, but this movie was really hyped for me. Just A lot of people were talking about it. A lot of critics were talking about it. Very mm-hmm. well regarded. And I don't know. I had a real, I had a ton of fun with the movie, but when the movie kind of ended, I kind of felt like I didn't really feel like I watched a movie. I don't know, because, like, it's compared a lot to John Wick. Mm-hmm. I think John Wick's much better, because... Well, I think that's a fair assessment to make. I mean, yeah, uh, what, it's made by the same creative team as John Wick. Yeah, uh, David Leach, I think his name is, something like that, was a main mm-hmm. producer for it. Now, the difference between this and John Wick is because they're similar in tone, and they're similar of, it's this guy just kicking ass, and it's spectacular. And yeah, one man army, a lot of gun yeah, one man army. He, he's unstoppable. All this stuff, but this movie doesn't get enough about the like the why in the world. You don't really understand why anything is going on, why people are doing what they're doing, other than they're just doing it. John Wick had a lot more like fleshing out of the world organically that it felt like real people. This one, the bad guy, is just like I don't I still don't understand this guy's motivation. Okay, he kicked his brother's ass, but he's like he wants the club, but then he doesn't want this club, and I'm like I don't get it. And the movie ended up like I don't feel like there was a story. John Wick doesn't have a complex plot. It has more of a story. But mm-hmm. the Bob Odenkirk of this movie is awesome. And yes. the action... I definitely think he saves a lot of the scenes yes. just with his excellence. Yes. The action is awesome, but to be honest, when it wasn't action, I was waiting for the movie to get back to action. Because it wasn't... I didn't find it the most investing. But I highly recommend it if you just want to have a good time. It's short which maybe might be to his detriment. I don't know. But great finale. I, mean, I think it I think it leaves things open for a potential sequel. If they oh, I'd watch a sequel, absolutely. I, I want to see a sequel. It, it'll, it, it'd be cool. 
But yeah, yeah. good movie. Very good. So, um, made by the same people, and I think just a, a general thematic overview here. Essentially, it's a midlife crisis movie to an mm-hmm. extent. Which is cool. Bob Bob Odenkirk is a retired uh, government agent who is kind of like really a cleaner. Understand what he yeah, means. They, their thing is he's called an auditor, and he works for the three-letter organization, so like FBI, CIA, NSA. He doesn't say which one specifically. But essentially, he would go in and basically wipe out whatever bad guy group is causing trouble. So, like, Doing bad say things. he needs to go clean up the Russian mob. He would go and, you know, a one-man army exterminate the Russian mob sort of situation. And he has a reputation with people who are veterans. Because at one point, there's a veteran who recognizes a tattoo on his arm, which they never explain after that. But apparently, it's a tattoo that marks him as an auditor. And he just flips out and he leaves before mm-hmm. uh, to prevent some carnage. And then, like, the rest of the people in here see his reaction. They're like, uh, okay, Mr. Odenkirk, here's the thing you asked for. We're sorry for making you mad. Yeah. Which, that is one of the biggest pluses of this movie is the way Bob Odenkirk portrays, like, and the way the movie hints at what he is. The movie's very intriguing. Of the, They're just doing his stuff and you just wonder, like, why? Why? What is he? What is his deal and his background? But then by the end, he gets, I don't feel like it really pays it off because you don't really still understand. Not as much, but also like honestly, it seems like he didn't enjoy being a family man because you know he essentially he explains that at one point he uh, let a guy go when he shouldn't have, and then he checked in on him a year later and saw that he was happy, married, had a family, and he's like, I want that. So then he decides to retire, and then. Uh, you know, we kind of come in with him, you know, probably 20 years into his marriage at this point. Uh, him and his wife aren't on good terms. Uh, his kids don't, res- his son, his teenage son doesn't respect him. His little girl does. Um, but, like, him and his wife are, are, are rocky. They don't really show any affection, but no, like, hate either. Yeah. So it's kind of, it, it, it to me, like, the the marriage wasn't very believable that it was quote-unquote rocky. It's just, like, it doesn't seem like the marriage quote-unquote existed in the first place. Kind of like a you marriage know? of utility, it kind of felt like. A little bit, yeah. It's just kind of like, the only sense I got that there was quote-unquote tension was, you know, you saw the uh, Bob Odenkirk and his wife laying in bed, and she has, like, a pillow wall between them. And then the only time she talks to him for the first chunk of the movie is to tell him that he forgot to take out the trash yep which is funny that was a yes, good it, metaphor it was taking out the trash it was it was, it was funny because like that's what he used to do basically yeah but he can never remember to wake up in time on tuesday morning to take the, the garbage out yeah which is a relatable thing right you, you know and i've forgotten to take the trash out before it happens yeah. Um, it's it, 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 it was good. It was definitely good themes for that kind of thing. It's interesting how much it makes you relate to this, like this savage, brutal killer man. Yeah, but also just how subtly he like keeps it all contained until yeah. he finally just lets it out, right? Because like he lets himself get pushed around so much in the first act of the movie. It's kind of insane to me. Yeah, he has more patience than anybody. He does. Uh, and, like, the inciting incident of the film is pretty interesting, which I find it interesting, Joe, uh, you know, that kind of there's two inciting incidents. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a sort of mini-film at the beginning that just kind of flows right into a second one, which I figured, you know, we were going to follow the first plot line all the way through and maybe see something from it, but it just kind of, you know, ends, and then it picks up into what you would more expect him to get messed up in. Actually, so, I think that's why the story felt a little off to me was because there wasn't really when it came to the conflict of what he's doing as he's engaging in this very brutal violent activities. The three of them are pretty unrelated to each other that by the end it's like, well, this isn't the inciting incident or the second inciting incident. This is just another thing that that kind of led to. Yeah. Where the main I mean, motivation at the beginning for why he's doing it is just kind of lost. But you don't really care. Cause... 
Yeah, because the action and everything is it's just awesome. satisfying to watch. And I think that's where like the comparison to John Wick is going to hurt this movie. Um, because John Wick, he got the through line of why is he doing this? Because they because some somebody kicked a Russian hornet nest or the whatever the Russian kid killed his effing dog. Basically, kicked John Wick whenever he was trying to live his life. Basically, his old life came back into his new life. Yeah. And then he goes on a revenge tour. And you can understand why he's going on a revenge tour. They killed his effing dog. And specifically, his dog was the gift of his dying wife, so it was the last connection to his dead wife. And they killed his effing dog. It's a lot more raw. And then just all the movies afterward are basically just kind of continuations of because he defended his effing dog, now he has to do this, now he has to do this, and everything yep. kind of flows well in the John Wick movies because of that. I can't uh, wait for the fourth one. But in this one, essentially, the inciting incident uh, is his family gets robbed. Like, some burglars come in, they steal his stuff, or they, they don't steal a lot of stuff, really. Like, they steal some petty cash, and he thinks they steal a kitty cat bracelet. We'll get to that later. Which, yeah, great. The kitty cat bracelet felt like the dog to me. Yeah. And then uh, you find out later, because he had to drop on one of the robbers, but he chooses not to do anything and to surrender. You find out later that he noticed the robber like came to the robbery with an empty gun like yeah it was a revolver and he saw there were no bullets in the chambers at all so he's like these people came without the intention of harm they're just stealing why are they doing that and you eventually find out whenever he tracks him down that um that the reason they're doing that is because they have a baby who's sick they you just kind of see a little infant on on a ventilator and they're trying to provide and they can't so he's like okay i'll let these people go and then he leaves uh, especially after he finds out that he can't find his daughter's kitty cat bracelet. Right. And then just on the bus, completely unrelated, is when the Russian mobster shows up and you get the trailer scene where he beats up the guys on the bus. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, and it's a great oh scene. Gosh. Because it, it has quite a bit of buildup. That's yeah, like, to me that's it's like just like, that feels minutes. like the movie y'all wanted to tell, but you couldn't figure out how to get there, so you just completely ran, like, act of God in it into it because essentially the way they framed it is he kind of has a narrative uh, like a moment of internal narration where he's just like you know sometimes when god closes one door he opens another and then you know as he's saying that like you see these five russian jerk wads like get on the bus and start harassing a lady and he's just like and i just pray that sometimes god would open the door and then the bus driver opens the door and the five guys come in and they start harassing the lady and he just gets up, he tells the other people on the bus to leave, and he turns around and goes, I'm gonna F you guys up. It's awesome. And then he, I like, he kills two of them, hospitalizes the other three, and then we find out that one of the guys that he beat the crap out of was the younger brother of our main Russian mobster bad guy. And yeah. then the movie goes from there. He who is the real villain. And it's like, yeah, but there's not the emotional connection there. It's just kind of like they're retaliating against him now because he's the one who kicked the hornet's nest. Yeah, kind of like a know, reverse John Wick there. Who asked it? Who 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 started what here? Yeah, it's hard. It's a little harder to relate to that because just like yeah, you get that he doesn't want to die, but essentially the relation comes in that he's having his midlife crisis and he wants to kind of go back to his old way of life to, to a degree, but he still wants his new way of life. It's a lot of, like, kind of embracing who you are sort of thing. Um, and seeing if he can, you know, be a family man and be the auditor, you know, the cleaner. Yeah, there, there's also just something a lot more with John Wick of how, like, his life that he had, he really loved it, but it was taken from him. This one's not like that. This one's like he has what he wanted, but it's not actually what he wanted, so he kind of, like, you seem kind of ungrateful but I get it, but also you just seem ungrateful. John Wick is a lot more tragic. So I think that's also gets more relatable. Mm -hmm. But it's a different kind of story, I think. So it makes yeah. sense that there's differences in that. That was just what I personally had trouble connecting with. Yeah, because admittedly, what, like the inciting incident of the whole movie is disconnected from the inciting incident of the third act. Exactly, exactly. So, but he has a dad in this movie, played by Christopher Lloyd, 
Yes. Who is awesome in it. And he's like... Has an affinity for shotguns. I love oh, it. Oh, man. He's like... Yeah. He does things. And it's funny. He's having so much fun in this. Yeah. Like, Bob Odenkirk, Christopher Lloyd, and Riza, like... They have so much fun in this Oh, movie. yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is what kind of how the movie feels. You can tell everyone making it wants to be there. Is having a great time making the movie. And it just really comes through. And it's it's one of the best things when you're watching movies. When you can tell everyone involved. It's just collaborating well. And it really... This is a, one of the best examples where that really shines through. Where everyone's just really dedicated to making this movie. Absolutely. It's, and I mean... Once it gets to the Russian stuff, they're just kind of like, you know what? Let's just have fun. Yeah. It's yeah. More or less just set up for an action scene and then action scene from that point on. Yeah, you you can kind of see this as you could see it working as the character in this is actually Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad. What happened to him later? It could kind of work in a way. It's 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 funny to think that. Because who knows when season six Better Call Saul is actually coming out, but <laughs> you know, I it's it's good. Reco I I recommend. Yeah, I do recommend, and especially the third act. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like the the climatic <laughs> confrontation is just it's it's beautiful. It's just like it's like John Wick meets Home Alone. Yes. It's beautiful. Yes. It's art. It was it was very it was very fun. A lot better than Skyfall. No, oh, so much better. Than tell Skyfall. you that. But yeah, it was. It's just, it's just fun. Some movies are just fun, you know. And this movie was fun. Yeah, it was good. So yeah, that's pretty much all my bit? thoughts on Nobody. Mm -hmm. You got any anything else to say about it? Uh, not really. Just I recommend it. Yeah, it, it. here it's comes our time. usual thing. I swear, we're not sponsored. You can find it on HBO Max. We're not. We would love <laughs> to shill for HBO Max, but it's we, we're awesome. just doing it for free, apparently. They got everything. It's crazy. Yeah, but. go watch it on HBO Max. It'll be worth your time. Uh, definitely rated R. You know, oh, oh for that. That, that's, that's true. Maybe don't watch it with your children. But, uh, you know, rated R action. It's good. Yeah, he opens up a guy's neck and then sticks a straw into it so he can breathe. So it's it, it's not it's not for kids. Definitely not. But yeah. also a lot of f bombs, but mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Usual thing, you know. Good stuff. But the other one I wanted to talk about. Have you watched anything of Boba Fett? I've actually not watched anything of Boba Fett. I'm really behind on my uh, Disney Plus Star Wars series. Um, the only thing I know is that people are kind of liking Boba Fett, and they, they renamed Boba Fett's ship because, yeah, you know. Look, I know I didn't like Mandalorian, mm -hmm. but I can respect Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess don't like Mandalorian. Boba Fett is awful. This show is terrible. Oh, okay. I, and honestly, I, I think a lot of Star Wars people, I'm finding, actually agree with this, is that one of the main problems with this show, and this is just going to be Star Wars going forward from now on, I've just accepted, is that what we're Star Wars from now on is just going to be prequel tone, people monotonously talking, video game cringe dialogue, with no emotion, and that's what people like. Oh, and that this, reminds me. I still need to buy KOTOR. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and this this is more of that. And it's like... And not only that this time. At least Mandalorian had some pretty cool scenes. There's a scene where Boba Fett is fighting in this show. And you can just tell the actor is now like 200 years old. Yeah. He's, he's, he's old. He's fat. He can't do it anymore. It's... Off. It's so slow. It's like the fight in Episode 4 with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. It's crazy. Like, I don't know what they were thinking with this show. I hate it. It's boring. The action sucks. It's just so bad. Joe, I, do you know what they were thinking? What? Money. Yep, that's what they're thinking. 
and dude, Boba Fett is the most popular character from the original trilogy. I like honestly, he is. Yeah, and it's and if they want to keep it that way, they'll stop putting him in things. No, they'll they'll keep <laughs> using him to print money. I don't know. This this is just like why else would he just get out of the Sarlacc pit? You don't deserve to get out of there. He died like a punk. He should be digested like a punk. Yep, yep. Look, if, if you if you particularly think that they bastardized Luke Skywalker and ruined his legacy in The Last Jedi, how in the world can you be okay with this show? He, he, it's, it's like, I... It's baffling. The stuff that they're trying to make him do in this show that he clearly cannot do. Mm-hmm. And if you if you think the action that he's doing in this show is good, I just... I don't know. I don't know if you are paying attention to actually what's happening or if you're like, hey, lights and stuff's happening and I'm pleased and Disney content stuff my face. I don't know. It's... Yeah, and I... I don't know. It, I think it's just kind of like Star Wars is trying to find its place now that it's in a post-movie sort of yeah. setting where they're doing nothing but series to continue the stuff. But also, like, they're series that are set between movies. So it's like you don't really have the creative freedom to you know, completely do whatever you want. Because you got to do something that fits within that timeline that doesn't affect the movies. Yeah. And it's just awkward. And now and... They, they got this Rogue Squadron movie they're making that they, they, they changed directors for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is... I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. It's, They'll find it's... a way to make some money off of it. It's, I can guarantee it's that. It's crazy. Prince money. Like, I don't know. I think I'm just... I think I've officially tuned out of Star Wars completely. I don't plan on seeing Rogue Squadron. Well, I dude, I, I'm just saying. I just don't. I think I saw this coming a little bit with Rogue One. Yeah. Which, you know, we still need to do that Rogue One episode. Which, you know, Joe and I's discussion on Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is actually one of the, <laughs> one yes. of the things that it's, made that's us want to make be... a podcast in the first place. That's going to be a fun episode. But, you know, Rogue One was just so totally not Star Wars, but people said it was, and it's like, oh no, the fans don't understand what makes Star Wars Star Wars, so then when Disney's just trying to appease them, it's going to be shallow. Yeah. And now it's shallow. And let's, I'll just say this, because to this day, people look at me weird faces when I say I like the Star Wars sequels. And here's the reason why now that I'm really thinking about it. It's not because they're great movies. It's because they feel like you're watching a movie. Mm-hmm. You're watching yeah, people like... acting out dialogue that's written by people who know how to write dialogue, and whether it's Star Wars or not, it just it feels like you're watching people that made a thing that's not just a piece of content to shove onto a streaming service. And that's what the smooth that's what the show is. That's kind of how Rogue One ended up feeling. It just didn't feel like a movie, even though I like Rogue One a lot. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess people that like Star Wars these days don't want a movie they just want people talking in video game style cutscenes and that's what they point like a to point b man it's 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 weird to me it's you weird. know honestly i think you you're kind of making a compelling case that video games that are trying to be narratively focused have lessened the quality of narrative heavy movies yeah it could be it's, it's sad anyway enough about enough about boba garbage just show I will say, though, there was, just a, t- a side tangent on that. Mandalorian Season 1. I actually enjoyed a couple episodes. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it, I think it accomplishes what it's supposed to do pretty dang well. And in my opinion, it understands what it means to be Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that on a deep level. Um, especially, my favorite episode in Season 1 is the heist one. It's the heist episode, which admittedly is kind of its own self-contained, kind of like filler. Yeah, but just like it does a really good job of making you hate every other character. Yeah, whenever the Mandalorian just goes on his rampage and either kills or imprisons the rest of it, it's so satisfying. It's 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 decent. It's good stuff. I don't know what happened with this one. It's well, like we said, funny. But yeah, Mandalorian way better. I'll tell you that right now, man. Mandalorian is the greatest thing I've ever seen compared to this thing. But and I, I I've. To be fair, I haven't seen all of Mandalorian Season 2. I've watched the first season and the last two episodes of Mandalorian Season 2 because I was at a friend's house and they were watching it and I made fun of it the whole time. And it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. 
My understanding is Mandalorian season two kind of starts fading into this whole, you know, reference Wikipedia. Yeah, type it, of it just becomes setup after setup for a bunch of new series. Yeah, you know, surprise, just basically surprise. like kind of getting the soy jack rat. Like that's kind of what it becomes. Just like, oh my gosh, Ashoka Tano's here. Yeah. Just like, who's exactly. Ashoka Tano? You know, she's like, uh, but uh, guys. Whatever. Just because Ashoka's here doesn't mean it's instantly good. She has to do good stuff. Which maybe With Star Wars, that's all they need these it. days. It's just simple references. You know? Yeah. It's that's Ready it. Player One, man. You gotta have simple references. Don't do anything offensive or risky. Just as long as it's consistent with their stupid universe that they like, they're gonna love it. They're gonna love it. That's what it and is. Even then, I would argue that those safe ones are not consistent with the universe. Yeah, so. well, it's good enough for them. And, yeah. If you're a pissed off Star Wars fan that's mad at me right now, fine. I don't care. I'm over you people. I'm over Star Wars. It's yeah. children's bunch of kids' movies anyway. Let's talk about a bunch of stuff know, that I actually liked. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not really scared of people on the internet. Just, what are you going to no, do? Not. Write a mean comment about me? Yeah, I, I know what you all look like. <laughs> you all look the same, and you probably have trouble talking to people in person. Just like me. Oh. And I don't respect what I have to say. Don't, don't so. do a self-deprecation, Joe. You're, you're wonderful. You are oh, yes, I am. Being. But, I mean, I don't respect what I have to say, so I don't have to respect what they have to say either. Oh, okay, fair enough. It doesn't matter. It's just a dumb kids movie. It's Star Wars. Grow up. Anyway. Or maybe don't. I don't know. I don't. Just be. Just understand where your money's going. Yeah. Just needs to die. Yeah, it won't. Nah, it Too won't. much money. It does. Now, there's a bunch of movies. There's some movies that I've seen that I liked. There's kind of a recommendation thing going on. Okay, what you got? Rap uh, well, we go. watched Nobody. Uh-huh. I remember you mentioned this, but I watched News of the World. Yes. Yeah, you, you saw this one a while ago. I have seen this one, yeah. I saw this one last year, I believe. This one stars Tom Hanks. Uh-huh. You know, everybody's everybody's father. Directed by Paul Greengrass. Makes a return. Mm-hmm. And it's Western. It's pretty old school Western. What did, what did you end up thinking of this movie? I I don't know. It feels very odd. Because like, I don't really have a very strong friend of reference for what quote-unquote makes a good Western movie or not. Mm-hmm. But I did feel like it was a good movie overall. Like, I felt satisfied watching it. Um, but I wouldn't say it was, like, you know, a, a game-changer or a life-changing movie by any means. It's just, you know, Tom Hanks delivered the girl back to her people. Yes. And he did it well. Nothing and special. Kept it kept her out of the hands of the really creepy people. Yes. I, I remember... I watched this with my girlfriend, and I remember we were just like, hey, neither of us have seen this. Let's watch it. And he, here's the vibe of this movie. If you like to watch a movie that you can just immerse yourself in, that has great production quality, that you just kind of feel transported cause to another time and a different way of life, you're going to dig this movie. Just sit back, take a pill, just chill out, and just... Let this movie just, just get into this movie, because yeah. it doesn't feel very movie-like. Because it's just simple, rounded, kind of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood escapism. That's kind of how I felt. So if you're into that kind of vibe, I highly recommend you check this out. If you want big action sequences, big revenge plot of nobody, don't. It, this movie is not that. Yeah, it's a lot smaller in focus, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I remember watching it. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I just kind of feel nothing when I'm watching it. And then afterwards, like, actually, I kind of like that. It was, it was, it's nice to get away from the world sometimes. Yeah, and well, <laughs> I find it interesting, like, especially the different time sort of thing, that, like, Tom Hanks' job in that movie is he's a traveling newsman. He basically collects newspapers from you know, around the United States, and then he goes to small towns and he tells people what's happening around the world. And he kind of puts on a little show for it. So basically, Tom Hanks is a modern-day Philip DeFranco. Yes. <laughs> it's a Just funny way no to put it. There's no links in the yeah. description down below. 
<laughs> Just jump into it. He stopped saying that. It's sad. Yeah, nothing to jump into with Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. uh, except for making sure this little girl doesn't get killed. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of, like, I mean, it's kind of Logan-esque in that he's escorting a little girl across the wilderness, which I guess, honestly, there's a lot of Western movies that are kind of like that, which just, you know, mm -hmm. escort this helpless person across the wilderness, and you're going to come across wilderness problems and human problems. Yeah, if, if, you ever, if, you, if you ever watch the old Western movies and you find it kind of weird because the Indians are just old bad guys all the time, and they're basically the monsters in the movie, this movie doesn't do that. Kind of the premise is he finds this girl who, and she's just like, she's a white girl, but she doesn't speak English because she was kidnapped as a child and she was raised in an Indian tribe. And it's, it's kind of fat. It's, 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 it was just kind of cool to watch a Western movie that wasn't just like, oh, they're all savages and all this stuff. So it's kind of a reclamation of that because... That's kind of what history in America had told us a lot before. It's that, oh, all the Indians are dead? Well, it's because they sucked. Which is not the case, really. And News of the World is kind of a... It's kind of a Western with a different take on that whole thing. So that, that was that was cool to see. Mm -hmm. I'd be down if they made more of that. So. Yeah, well, I know Tom Hanks had an interview after the movie released where he was just kind of lamenting that... Uh, the age of streaming, because he's like, he, he said, and I quote, there are going to be no more adult movies after this. It's like, wow, thanks, Tom. Yep. <laughs> Weird. But, I mean, he, does, he did raise a good point that basically, like, the quote-unquote, like, heavily dramatic Hollywood type of things are moving more towards streaming because it's a simpler mm -hmm. release and it gets it out there more. But the people who are going to the theaters are going to see your Marvel movies, your, your big action things. And blockbuster type of deals. You're, they're not going to see like News of the World. They're going to see Shang Chi and the 80th Marvel movie of obscure hero from comic books who's yeah. getting their own movie now. God help us. Yeah, which I mean, pros and cons to it. It's keeping God the theaters help. alive. But you know, I think he does raise a valid point that movies like that are going to be kind of relegated to streaming now. Yeah, which it is what it is. We live in a society. As the Joker reminds us pretty often. Yes. Uh, another movie that I watched that was also good. I watched this on a plane. There was a movie Ben Affleck was in called The Way Back. Directed. Yeah, you're telling me about this. Tell yes. me about it. Tell the it, people. It was directed from the director of Miracle, so he has experience with sports movies. In case you found it kind of weird, because, like, this guy that directed The Accountant? Okay. But this one, get this plot. There's a guy. He's mm -hmm. an alcoholic. Oh, boy. He was a great baseball player in high school, but then he dropped out of oh, playing no. basketball. Uh -huh. And they give him a job to coach the basketball team that sucks. Oh, boy. And Ben Affleck starts to turn his life around, and the team starts winning. Oh, man. You ever heard? It's such a <laughs> new concept. You got to see it. But Please yeah, tell this, me the star this... player is a golden retriever. <laughs> exactly. This movie is the most aggressively average movie you will ever watch. But Ben Affleck gives, I think, his best performance in this movie. People give Ben Affleck a lot of crap. Saying he's a bad actor. I don't really get that, you know? I he's he's not a showy actor. Ben Affleck is very good at playing the everyday person but there's like subtleties in his acting that he's doing kind of like tom cruise tom cruise is not a very showy actor but there's little touches that he does in movies like war of the worlds that just make it, it feels like kind of just to me it feels more real and genuine than your dicaprio's with a lot of your shoutiness you know a lot of times actors fall into that but this is a very personal movie for ben affleck as he said and you could really tell from his performance in it, because Ben Affleck has gone to rehab for alcoholism, mm -hmm. and he's even talked about, like, the character in this movie is basically me. And it, this movie does not sugarcoat alcoholism. So yeah, it's your generic sports movie, but that added layer and showing the realness of alcoholism. And then even the movie even ends up going in places in the second half that most of these movies don't go into. 
and it was I, I thought it was really emotional and I was a big fan of it and I, I was surprised how into what I got because I put off watching this movie for a while because I just don't really care for sports movies but I was on a plane watching it and when they did that thing where they said yeah we're landing in about 30 minutes so put your large electronics away and stuff I was actually upset because I was like, there's 15 minutes left. I want to finish this. I don't want to land. <laughs> so I had to finish the rest of my phone. But that's that's just that's that's a that's a that's a good that's just a good thing right there. When I'm watching it and I'm on a plane, no one likes being on a plane, and I wanted to stay on the plane because I was just that into this thing. Mm-hmm. And I recommend it. I, I I highly recommend this. If if you think like it looks generic and everything, it's really not. It's it's aggressively average, but there's it's there's something about this one that I just it really really worked for me, and I think it's one that everyone should give a shot. There's a great and there's a great scene because one of the cool things about this movie I I grew up around basketball in high school, and so I recognize that people are playing basketball in movies and it's stupid not like basketball. This one mm-hmm. really gets into like basketball and how it works. And that, that's always cool. It was kind of nostalgic. I'm like, man, I remember this stuff. I remember these ideas and these concepts. And they knew their stuff. And that was cool. There's one where he's just telling the team captain, your team can't hear you. You need to yell what's happening. And the kid just gets really pissed at him. And it was, it was, a, it was a really cool scene because he ends up like, they're getting freaking hear me now. Am I loud enough? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was cool. Stuff like that. I, I was a fan. Okay, so where would you rank this in basketball movie canon? Okay, what, what was this one called again? The Way Back. Terrible Way Back. name for okay. a movie. I don't know why okay, it's called. Okay, so as far as basketball movies go, it's competing with the likes of The Way Back, Airbud, <laughs> King Wolf, Space Jam. Space Jam, A New Legacy. Oh, you're forgetting the big, the best one. Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Hoosiers is the best. It's the best one. Okay. This okay. one got pretty close to Hoosiers, I thought. Okay. I'd, I'd put it there. Way better than those other three you mentioned, because those are all garbage. Hey, you take that back about Airbud. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't say a dog can't play basketball. Hey, it doesn't say a dog can't play basketball either. Although, fun fact, I learned this recently. Apparently, that dog that plays Airbud is named Airbud, and he can actually do that. So you're, you're telling me that wasn't just CGI? They actually got no, the dog was. to play basketball? Well, I mean, he's not actually playing basketball, but he can actually shoot baskets like that, which is pretty cool. Good on that so, dog. Yeah, it's... Way to go, Airbud. Shout out. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder Do if you still... think he thought he was really winning a basketball game? I don't know. I don't know what he thought was going on. <laughs> it's it's, 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 it's kind of disturbing. Poor dog must have been really confused. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to chase a ball around, you know? That's it. Yeah. And then, of course, we can't forget about Teen Wolf. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, Teen Wolf. Oh, man. Michael J. Fox at his best. Don't at me. Weird movie. That's a weird movie. It was a weird movie. Weird, weird movie. Yeah. But but you kind of love how weird it went. It's just like, okay, if you had all these werewolf abilities and it could happen in school, what would you do? You'd become a sports star. Well, we're in the Midwest, so basketball it is. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I watched another one. You saw this one, Adam. Speaking of DiCaprio and his shouting, he is the shoutiest actor. The, uh, the Netflix flavor of the month, Don't Look Up. I did watch this one. Uh-huh. And this was something, man. This this movie was something. It thinks it's Doctor Strangelove. It's not. It's not. It's pretty good. <laughs> it is totally it's, not. It's pretty good. It's not as clever as it thinks it is. But Definitely not, no. I, I can't lie. I laughed quite a bit in this movie. Yeah, I laughed a few it's, times, It's too. pretty funny. There, it, there's one really good joke throughout that I'm not going to spoil, but it's just, it is the right amount of absurd for my sense of humor, so I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that they, you know, did it a few times. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is the worst haircut I've ever seen. Yeah. Also, but, Jonah Hill is absolutely phenomenal in this movie. Yeah, I was so glad I liked him in something again, because he's Doing, he's going through his pretentious drama phase, and he 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 was kind of just his old self again here, and that was yeah. good. DiCaprio, I was a big fan of, 
in this one. It's just the the the, the cast in this movie is absurd. There's so many people. There's very mixed reception of I don't remember who plays him, but the, the billionaire genius. Oh yeah, I, I don't remember who Odd plays him either. But essentially, he's man. like a Tim Cook slash Elon Musk, um, Elon like Musk, Jeff slash Bezos, dude, Zuckerberg type multi-billionaire. Basically, he's supposed to be like the the CEO of Apple. Yeah. So but he kind of controls everything in actuality because reasons. Yeah. The the premise of this movie, if Everybody knows the premise of this movie. But basically, meteorites coming. Nobody cares. Government doesn't care. It's it's a it's a not very clever metaphor for climate change and COVID-19. And it thinks it's clever, but it's not that clever. But it also just... If you want to watch a movie that is the most cynical thing ever, that just says humanity is stupid, this is going to be your vibe. It yeah, was my for sure. It is a very cynical movie as yes. a whole. And the thing, the reason, the thing that intrigued me about this movie was because a lot of conservatives are really mad at this movie, but also a lot of liberals are really mad at this movie. Yeah, yeah, and I, I noticed like, that too. I'm not sure why the liberals go. are mad. I think the conservatives is very obvious, right? Yeah, it's pretty on yeah. the nose with why. I, I, I think the liberals are also really mad because it just mocks their solutions and their... Uh, cockiness and the media like their news media and everything they were very upset about that especially the talk show people they're like not like that like yes you are yeah you are you want to talk about something serious we gotta keep it light yeah so if you watch this movie and you get upset about stuff guys it's all in good fun it's like South Park calm down it's just saying you're all dumb let's just all appreciate we're all dumb yeah, and this is a and good. Then uh, Meryl Streep gets eaten by an alien in the yeah. post credits. <laughs> oh my god! So there's there's a plot there's a plot line in this movie where they talk about, of course, the elite people all get to go on an arc to avoid dying. And this one pointed this out in a really funny way that I never thought about is like the people that would survive are the rich old people who would die within two days if they're the only ones on the planet, which is what happens in this movie, and it was very funny. <laughs> Yeah, probably the best joke in the movie. I thought. Uh, I I wouldn't say best joke, but definitely a good one. Just the concept of like just like saying that, like this is what they always do in these movies. But really, what would happen? Just that 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 whole thing, like yeah, a bunch of really old people just go there, and you're like, why? Yeah, and if they're and if they're the last ones living. Yep, it's it's absurd. It's crazy, but apparently, according to Netflix, it's the most watched movie of all time because that happens every time Netflix releases. Yeah, it's been happening a lot with Netflix so far. Just like the most whatever of all time. Just like really Netflix. I think that's just good for marketing. Yeah, yeah, they really do. I do believe the Squid Game one though. Yeah, I do because international appeal. Yeah, I've never seen something so many people talked about. So that probably was actually the highest watched of all time. Stranger Things as well, probably. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was, it was all right. Too long. Yeah, I agree. Way I, too definitely, long. Definitely, I feel like the plot line of, like, Leo having to, like, cheat on his wife and then come back was a bit too much, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I feel like he could have just had marriage problems without, like, the talk show lady doing stuff to him. Yeah, I, I, the... One of my other favorite scenes was Ariana Grande is actually in the movie, mm-hmm. and she plays like this whole. I don't know if she realized what the that the joke was making fun of her or not, but I don't. You don't know, because you know she probably did. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so too, because otherwise that's mean. <laughs> but yeah. That was that was that was the last one that I've seen because no, I have not seen No Way Home. Ha! <sighs> <sighs> I talked about <laughs> this with Joe off off stream or off recording before. I really don't want to get into it. Just I I do think you would enjoy it, Joe, uh-huh. regardless of the hype. I know. I'm sure I would. But you know. So just leave it at that. 
Maybe I'll watch it one day. I gotta watch Into the Spider Verse first. Sure. Which I also still haven't seen. So you know, deal with sure. that. Deal with that. Deal with that. So those saying that, oh, you keep saying you're done to Marvel, but you'll always see the next one. I haven't seen No Way Home. I'm sticking to that. Yeah. I'm starting a movement. <laughs> no more Marvel. <laughs> starting a movement. Let's watch Eternals. And eh, nah, I don't need to see No Way Home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yep. Anyway. That's really all that I've got this week. It's good, mm. casual, kind of catch up on what's been happening in the world and movies. And right on, man. Yeah. Got anything else to say? No, I don't think so. I think I think we're good. Go I, ahead and yeah, it's, it's, hit him with it's the insulate. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's it's weird to be back, but you know, hopefully next week I'll be back again. I think. I don't see why we wouldn't be. Anyway, thank you all for listening to Unto the Breach, Movies, Games, and Beyond. You can find us still on Facebook at Unto the Breach Podcast and on Twitter at Unto the Podcast. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube, right? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. No, not yet. Not yet. Work in progress on YouTube. So, yeah, that's where you can find us. I have been Joe. Adam has been Adam. This has been fun. Thank you all for listening. And give yeah, us a five-star review on Spotify. Yeah, you can review on Spotify. I yeah. may or may not have left a five-star review for our podcast. Oh, you would never. I would never do that. That's and a, I'm, that's totally not gonna, I'm totally not going to do that right after recording this. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I might, but, yeah. Anyway, thank you all for listening. And drink your water. Did we still say that? No. Not anymore. Oh. It's been so long I forgot that we changed our insulate until I edited the other one. <laughs> Don't drink your so, water. So you can stay as hydrated as you want, guys. But I would say to all you folks out there who are working on a project, do the creative project. Do the thing. Do Make the thing. It, That's put it out right. there in the world. Yeah, the bionicle game. Yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. Do it! All right, bye.